Hey everyone, and welcome to Fred Fathoms. Today, I'd like to fathom how to stay healthy while being stuck at home. Right now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we are unable to spend time with friends and extended family, attend social gatherings, go to entertainment venues like movie theaters and sporting events, the gyms are closed, and we can't even get a haircut. Uh, and for those of us north of the Mason-Dixon line, it also means we are entering springtime and the precious months we have to enjoy many of the things we can't during the colder months. So needless to say, this sucks. It's uh, stressing us out, and there are only one of two ways people are going to deal with this. Using it as an excuse to eat more, drink more, sit more, and watch more, or use it as an opportunity to do the opposite. Develop good eating habits, build a healthy relationship with alcohol, get into better shape, and learn to earn screen time. So let's start with diet. The three absolute biggest lessons you can learn to develop good eating habits are enjoying whole foods, portion control, and indulging reasonably. Right now is actually a good time to develop these skills. The processed frozen stuff in grocery stores are in shorter supply, where perishable items are typically a bit more available. Uh, you have more time on your hands, which means more time to meal prep and learn how to effectively measure your food. And you're likely more concerned right now with overindulging than you ever have been in your lifetime. And that awareness will motivate you to learn how to indulge reasonably. First, let's talk about whole food. The main thing you need to accept and prepare yourself for when introducing more whole food into your diet is that if you regularly eat hyper palatable food like Doritos, donuts, ice cream, and fried foods, is that whole food, even fruit, will seem bland by comparison. That's because these foods were developed in laboratories with the specific goal of activating your taste receptors in order to encourage overeating and increasing your consumption rate of their product, meaning you buy more of it. The good news is, it doesn't take very long, about a week or so, for this to start to correct itself. And the longer you go without eating these types of foods, the more your taste receptors will, will normalize and the more palatable whole foods will become. Um, the even better news is, is that hyperpalatable foods will become largely overbearing to your taste receptors and actually discourage you from eating them, or at least from eating them in larger quantities. The last time I can tell you, I opened up like a bag of Doritos. Um, I ate a few chips, a handful of them, and said, okay, that's enough. That's enough. It's, it's tasty. It's good. But uh, it's just too much. It's just too much. So I also tried drinking a regular Gatorade, um, not the sugar-free kind. Um, and it literally tasted like a Jolly Rancher. I couldn't believe it. After I had a few sips, I was done with it. It was just, it seriously tasted like a Jolly Rancher. It was too sweet. I really can't imagine eating an actual Jolly Rancher at this point. So what I recommend is to introduce three whole foods into every single one of your meals, a meat, a starchy carb, and a vegetable. Just make sure you're getting all three thing, all three of those things in every single one of your meals. Um, you don't have to quit the junk food cold turkey. Um, I wouldn't even recommend that. But introducing vegetables and fruits into your diet will add more fiber, making you feel more full. And as a result, you want to eat less of the junk food. And the less you eat the junk food, the more infrequently you eat it and the smaller quantities you eat it, the more, again, your taste receptors will adjust and normalize and whole foods will become to taste more and more palatable, which is good. That's They should. Real food should taste good to you. If you eat you know, um, an apple, and you think, oh, this tastes bland or or it's bitter. Or if you eat vegetables and you can just barely stomach them, 
Or if you eat, you know, like a handful of baby tomatoes and think, oh, that didn't taste that good. That's not a good snack. Or maybe some, you know, raw mixed nuts, um, you know, then you've got a problem there. Those things do taste really good. And the more you allow yourself to distance yourself from the hyper palatable food, the more those other foods will, will taste uh, very, very good. So next let's talk about portion control. Um, if you haven't already buy a food scale and measuring cups, you don't have to use them forever. The end game is that by seeing what actual portions look like for a time, you'll be able to eyeball them from there. But in the beginning, they are crucial tools to have. You just have to be able to measure things out. If you haven't ever seen correct portions before, you're not going to be able to eyeball it. You need to be able to measure things. Given we have a lot more time at home, I recommend each evening to do a meal prep for the next day, including snacks. Determine what your BMR is. So your BMR is your basal metabolic rate. And what that is, it's, it's how many calories you burn each day, assuming no physical activity. Uh, it's pretty easy to figure out. Just Google BMR uh, calculator, and it'll give you a pretty good idea as to how many calories you can eat without gaining weight. And if you're exercising, and we'll talk more about exercise in a bit, you can add the number of calories you are burning in your exercises each day to your BMR number, and that will be the best approximation of how many calories you're burning in a day, aka your caloric maintenance. So once you figure out your caloric needs, you can then decide what foods you want to eat the next day. Uh, being sure to include whole foods first. Then using a tool like MyFitnessPal or Google, uh, you can determine the portions that will keep you within your caloric maintenance and use your cups and scale to then measure those portions out. If you want to include certain snack foods for the day, um, you know, that's fine. Just account for them. And if needed, reduce portions in your meals to compensate. Um, just be sure you are not excluding an entire meal in order to make room for snacks. So then prepare your food, put it in containers for the next day, including your snacks, but those in containers too. Um, and the real trick now is the next day to treat that food like it's the only food that exists in the world. Once it's gone, that's it for the day. And before we move on, I just want to say I don't recommend attempting to be in a caloric deficit right now. Unless you were you know, clinically obese and you just really need to start losing weight, um, the best thing to focus on right now is staying out of a caloric surplus so that you're not gaining weight and getting good nutrition from whole food. So lastly on diet, let's discuss indulging reasonably. So in my how to control anxiety episode, I talk about this a little bit. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, no diet should be so restrictive. It doesn't include indulgence. Leave that for the bodybuilders. My typical rule of thumb is that there are 21 meals in a week, and if 19 of them are whole food, I'm 90% consistent. So that leaves two meals a week where I can indulge in some pizza, burger and fries, whatever, uh, as long as the portions are not out of control and I'm not putting myself into a severe caloric surplus for the day. Um, now, I want to be realistic. During these crazy times, indulging is important. The reality is you know, food is one of the few things we have to look forward to right now. So indulging, you know, more than would typically be recommended is not necessarily a bad thing. We just can't let ourselves fall into the trap of, you know, allowing food indulgence to become an all day coping mechanism. You know, just going back and forth to the refrigerator every 10 minutes to snack on something or get into the pantry to snack on something, you know, because you're bored, you know, that's not a good coping mechanism. And that's why I just, I'm really recommending to measure things out for the day. That way you just don't allow yourself to get out of control. 
So really what I'm trying to get across is, is if you introduce whole foods into every meal, you measure your portions in order to stay within a caloric maintenance, and you indulge reasonably by replacing some whole food meals with indulgent meals, you'll come out of this without those extra pounds everyone else is going to have. So now let's talk about alcohol. I personally have not had a drop since my state went under, went under the shelter-in-place order. I just really struggle with moderation and don't want to open that Pandora's box. If you have an issue with drinking in moderation, I highly recommend you just abstain as well. The last thing you need is to find yourself sitting in your house, you know, starting with two beers and then it turns into four beers and then six beers. And then before you know it, you're, you're polishing off a 12 pack and then you're, you know, dipping into the bottle of scotch you, you got in your, your, uh, you got in your cabinet and then you're doing a couple of shots and then you're just wasted. Um, and you're just going to kill a day, um, being hung over and just, it just isn't a good time to be doing that. You know, we're already struggling with productivity and keeping our, you know, our mental state in a good spot. And if you're getting wasted, um, because you have a problem with moderation, you're just going to make those problems 10 times worse than they already are. So if you don't have an issue with moderation, I recommend you incorporate all the tips for alcohol that I recommend you do for food. Stick to the least processed alcoholic drinks, like you know the, the equivalent of whole food alcohol. Instead of a margarita or other sugary cocktails, stick to straight up liquor or light beer. Um, measure your portions and fit it within your caloric maintenance, so you can use those measuring cups cups to measure you know your alcohol and uh, and indulge reasonably. You know, and the simple rule there is if you have more than two drinks in a day, you're binge drinking. So keep it to two or less. Okay, next let's talk about physical activity. If you're already a person who exercises regularly but does it at the gym, um, every fitness channel on YouTube is pumping out more workout at home videos than you could ever watch. And if you're an experienced um, exerciser, then you can probably spot the good ones from the bad ones. So you probably don't need a lot of my help in this in this area. Um, now, if you're new to exercise, now is the time to start. The I don't have time excuse, it's as dead as disco. I recommend getting in some cardio and some resistance training every single day. So for cardio, your best bet is to take a walk, um, at least two to three miles. Not only is this an easy, low impact exercise, but it gets you out of the house. If weather is not permitting, I recommend um, doing some uh, cardio that you can do at home in a small amount of space, uh, like jogging in place. Let's use that as an example to start, jogging in place. Uh, it's more difficult and it's higher impact than walking but you don't have to do it for nearly as long, especially if you do it in a HIT format. So HIT, H-I-I-T, is high intensity interval training, meaning you have rounds, and within each round, you have time with a low intensity and time with high intensity. So I'll, I'll tell you what I like to do. I like doing one-minute intervals, so one-minute rounds, and each round is 40 seconds low intensity and 20 seconds high intensity. And I've got a recumbent, you know, stationary bicycle in my basement. So that's what I use for that. Um, but the good thing is you can do this with nearly any cardio exercise that takes up a small amount of place. Jogging in place, uh, burpees, uh, jumping jacks, mountain climbers. Take your pick. So set a timer. Do your exercise at a moderate pace for 40 seconds. And then do it at a, at, a, at a very intense, fast pace for 20 seconds, or as long as you can do it. Um, and repeat, I would say for at least 10 rounds, so 10 minutes at a time, 
um, and rest is needed in between rounds if you need to, but aim to get up to at least 30 rounds in a day, which means 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise in a day, which I think is actually the, um, American heart associations, um, recommendation of how much, how much, um, cardiovascular exercise to get in a day. Don't quote me on that, but you, you can look that up. But I think 30 minutes is a good, is a good target for anybody to reach for, um, cardiovascular exercise in a day. And what HIT does is, um, is it, um, just, you know, allows you to get more done in a shorter amount of time. You, you're going to burn more calories and get more cardiovascular engagement in that 30 minutes doing HIT than you would taking a walk for 30 minutes or a light, a light, a light jog for 30 minutes. Um, it just really ramps up the intensity and, you know, just do what you can. If you get tired, um, in that high intensity, um, uh, interval of, of the round, then, then, you know, stop and go to low intensity a little bit quicker. Don't try and kill yourself. You know, like anything, you'll get better at it the more you do it. So for resistance training, I'll assume you have no equipment at home. And what I recommend is doing two body weight exercises that will work out your upper and lower body. And that's push-ups and body weight squats. Do 10 push-ups and 10 body weight squats 10 times per day, totaling 100 reps per exercise, 200 reps total. Now, this may sound like a lot, but it's actually becoming a pretty popular um, way to exercise, um, especially now with everybody stuck at home, because it breaks it up throughout the day. You know, if you are awake for 16 hours of the day, this means to do this, you'd only have to do it every one and a half hours or so. And what it's doing is it's keeping you active throughout the day and it's allowing you to spread out these exercises in a way where it's not going to cause a whole lot of uh, fatigue in your muscles and create that soreness and whatnot that, you know, usually new people who get into exercising cause themselves because they just do too much in too short amount of time. And after doing this for some time, you'll be able to do more reps in each session. When it comes to resistance training, progression is key. You don't want to do the same volume and intensity for too long. So if 10 reps becomes too easy, your choices are either to add reps or to add weight. I recommend adding weight as that will help you grow stronger, faster. For push-ups, you can use an exercise band to increase resistance. And for squats, you can hold something in front of you like a dumbbell or an exercise ball. Both of these exercises are pretty easy to add resistance to make that 10 reps a lot more difficult um, rather than just, you know, upping the reps and upping the reps and upping the reps. And before you know it, you know, like right now for me to do this, I'd have to do probably 40 pushups and I'd have to add some kind of weight for squats. Otherwise I'd sit there and probably just do hundred, hundred body weight squats. But for beginners, these two exercises, body weight squats and, and pushups will be a game changer. And if you get good at them, you'll be in a position to begin incorporating nearly any other resistance training exercise and build a more complete workout routine. So now let's discuss earning screen time. It's uh, you know so easy right now to binge watch shows, uh, mindlessly scroll through your phone. And at the end of the day though, screen time, it's, it's gonna be something we're all gonna do. We're all gonna do it. We're stuck at home. There's gonna be screen time. So you know my recommendation is to earn the screen time first. You know, Play a board game with your kids, call a friend, read a book, listen to a podcast, you know, preferably my podcast, do your meal prep, get your exercises in, you know, then you've earned the screen time and you won't find yourself regretting wasting a bunch of time in front of the TV or on your phone when you could have been doing more productive things. I also recommend trying to get better quality screen time. Try to, you know, prioritize historical documentaries, 
nature documentaries, instructional videos, like, you know, home workouts. There's a ton of home workout videos on YouTube right now. You could be watching if my advice doesn't seem, um, doesn't seem good to you go out there on YouTube. There's nothing but home workout videos out there right now. Um, you know, cooking shows, all, any, all that kind of stuff. One thing I like to do right now is, uh, put cooking shows on in the background or put nature shows on in the background. Um, it's just relaxing and it shows you some stuff that maybe you didn't know before. Um, so you can, you know, learn from it. And, and again, it's relaxing. And then when you're watching, um, other stuff like fiction, try to limit shows filled with violence or drama, you know, go with comedies and more uplifting choices before something, you know, before watching something that will raise your anxiety levels. Okay. The last tip I want to leave you with today is to not stress over things you cannot control. We can't control what's happening with this pandemic. All we can control is how well we take care of ourselves. So I genuinely hope this episode has helped you learn how to better take care of yourself. In closing, a music recommendation is In the Waiting Line by Zero Seven. I'll leave it in the show notes. Uh, this is a great song to relax to. So if you're feeling pent up in the house and you need something to, to help you relax, give this a listen and I'm sure it'll help. If you have topics you'd like me to discuss, you can email me at fredfathoms at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at fredfathoms. If this podcast helped you, please leave a rating and subscribe so it can reach others who it may help as well. Take care.